Is that there that we was, go? There we go. <laughs> that was a lovely chat. <laughs> Welcome back to the Anna Creates Podcast. I have a very interesting episode today that I'm very, very excited for. I have my good friend Emmett O'Reilly on the podcast, and Emmett and I go way back. He was originally we met through Deny the Threat, um, which is a band that if you've been following me, you know that I talk about quite a bit. We did a reunion show recently. And I've just made a bunch of Deny Threat records and songs and stuff over the years. They were one of the first bands that I really started um, developing my recording skills with, actually, when I first built my my studio at home. But today I have Emmett O'Reilly, who he's been in a million different bands, including Pew Pew Pew, uh, Stuck Out Here. He used to be in the Capitol Beat. He's Owen Wilson. If you followed my YouTube channel, I did a vlog with him and Owen Wilson in the studio uh, just over a year ago now, actually, doing that. I've done a bunch of his his own solo records with him as well. Anyway, we go way back. We've been doing projects forever. And uh, I wanted to bring him on the podcast to this week to talk about him getting into recording. This is something that he's been, he's been in bands and he's been recording for years now, but he's never dived into the actual mechanics of recording himself, home recording. So recently, uh, I believe it was actually near the beginning of the pandemic when he started to develop that skill. He's been working on that tirelessly through the pandemic because as a musician and as somebody who plays a lot of music, he's a teacher as well as plays in a bunch of bands, loves playing shows. He's always got something on the go. He finally had time to sit down and slow down and learn recording a little bit more in depth and how to do it himself and get a, a better appreciation for the other side of recording. So I wanted to bring him on and talk about that for any musicians who are looking to get into recording or who are starting and want to know the real benefits of why they need to dive into it a bit deeper and what he has found has been a great advantage for that, as well as any engineers and producers who want their musicians and the people they're working with to get more in depth in doing that uh, because it, it actually helps us out a lot as producers and engineers if our musicians can understand better how to record and they actually can do a little bit of, the, of that themselves. It helps with pre-production. It helps with production because they can do a little bit on their own if needed. So you don't take up all your time with a, a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be taking up your time. And frankly, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. And I've noticed this a lot where people record at home and then send in their tracks to me to get mixed because mixing is, you know, that extra step of the process that once their baby is recorded, once their song is recorded, they can now send it to somebody who can fine tune it a little bit. So we talk about all of that along with Emmett getting into production as well on the new Sons of Horus record, a bunch of great knowledge in this episode for anybody thinking of getting into recording or taking it more seriously or wanting to help others take it more seriously. So be sure you stick around to the end. It's a great episode. But without further ado, here's my interview with my dear old friend, Emmett O'Reilly. All right, Emmett O'Reilly, welcome to the Anna Creates podcast. It's so great to have you here. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. So you and I go way back. We've been making music together for, oh, I don't know, years, 10, 15, I want to at say, least 15 yeah. years. <laughs> probably. At this point it is. I think we probably started I, when, when I was, what, 15 or probably, so? Probably, yeah. And I'm Back 29 in, now, so yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, it's been a, been a while. So 
I've actually I've had uh, Malcolm Cottle on the podcast a couple times now, actually, and we met through Malcolm. Actually, we way did. back in the day, you were in Deny the Threat, and we kind of connected through that. So, uh, for people who are new here, or you're new here, so hmm. give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of a background about yourself, what you do, your kind of your musical journey up to this point. Right. Okay. So. I am a musician and music teacher sort of based in Toronto. I I guess I I play a lot of stuff but probably the the main thing is like bass guitar in in some like punk rock bands. That's sort of my my focus, I guess. Uh pew 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 and stuck out here being sort of my my main projects. Um mm-hmm. and uh I did like a classical trumpet stint, I guess, which also has kind of uh, informed a lot of my musical path, I guess. That was sort of, that was what I went to university for and ended up doing my my uh, teacher's degree. So that's sort mm. of how I got into the, the music teaching side of things as well. Um, teaching first in like sort of a classical, like band, band room kind of setting. Um, and now sort of branching it out into like more private lessons, you know, teaching guitar, teaching uh, drums, teaching piano, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, basically uh, all of that sort of came to be through a a lifelong uh, interest in like punk music and punk adjacent music and uh, trying to play that in any way I could first as like a guitar player and uh, later on, as a bass player, once I sort of realized that like more bands were looking for bass players than guitar players, um, and uh, and also sort of running parallel the whole time was this like classical trumpet uh, stream of things where which I started in in grade nine in high school, sort of as an extension of like you know I took piano lessons all throughout my life as a kid, and uh, was into this more like structured like school approach of music too mm. so. Uh, that's sort of me, I guess, in a in a musical sense. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, which awesome. I guess is the the context of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, uh, totally that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> I mean, you're in these punk bands, and you've you've. I mean, man, I've seen I don't know how many bands you've been in. I've gone to see shows because you've been yeah. in a lot of bands. Yeah, over the yeah. years, <laughs> a lot of them seem to be more punk based or more rock and roll based kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that you're you're more drawn to those type of bands but yet you went to school for classical and did trumpet which seemingly isn't very punk but at the same time you somehow managed to do that too but yeah why why is it that you're drawn to to punk bands more it's a good question i think it's kind of a product of when i grew up because Mm -hmm. that was sort of the the not the only time in history but definitely one of the main times in history to this point when like punk type music was pop music you know you you could hear green day on the radio you could hear blink 182 on the radio that was like the main stuff that we were sort of digesting as as you know 10 to 13 year old kids when your minds are just sort of soaking in you aren't even seeking out music yet you're just like taking it all in right yeah so so i do think i was a product of my environment at that point like i remember hearing some 41 for the first time and being like holy Mm. moly like this is (laughs) this is something that I want to like be a part of. I connected to it a lot, you know? And so I sort of was chasing that kind of feeling. Then once I started discovering music that I was into myself, I I really loved, you know, guitar music. My dad played guitar. So as a kid, I was always interested in that kind of thing. And uh, 
you know, again, hearing Sum 41 and getting into that and hearing them talk about, you know, bands like Metallica and Iron Maiden being big for them, obviously, like, drew me in that direction a little bit, too. And uh, I think a lot of it was also out of, you know, we kind of grew up in the same area. A lot of what you hear is country music. and. I have grown to love country music, but at the time, I think I was really trying to get away from it. And so totally. I was definitely <laughs> gravitating towards sounds that were a, a lot different or or what I thought were, you know, as contrasting as possible. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, w- without rambling too much, I think probably another reason why I was really drawn to punk music at the same time as classical music and, and vice versa is because of the contrast. And I think mm. if I can... Uh, if I can say anything about what I really like about music and what I've really tried to learn about music, it's like to to appreciate the contrast. And I think when I was at school for classical music, that was when I was most inspired to be going out to punk shows. And mm. when I was playing in punk bands, that was when I was most inspired to like put on classical records. You know, I, I feel like one feeds the other uh, because if you only have one, then it'll eat itself eventually. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't think about that as much, but you kind of pulled from two very <laughs> seemingly opposite sides of music uh-huh. um, and, and kind of melded them together so they would influence each other, um, especially like your songwriting and stuff with punk is very thought through in a sense. Like it's still very punk, but you can tell that you're influenced a little bit more by the structured side of classical and the kind of let me actually write a song. Whereas a lot of punk bands, you know, older punk bands, they're just kind of play one chord progression and just let it rip. And that's kind of it. But yours is, well, still being in that vein, it's got more song structure a little bit. Like it's influenced that way. Do you feel that that helped influence you by, by playing and and being quite involved in the classical side of things? Kind of. Yeah, and and you know what? I think like for me, I mean, I I really really love punk music first and foremost. Yep. So like from a Sonics standpoint, when I'm looking to like make music of my own, I wouldn't say I'm like inspired by the the sounds of classical music and bring mm. that to punk music, you know? But like you said structure-wise, like yep. I, I I like to uh, you know, maybe deviate from, you know, a verse chorus verse chorus end Mm. type of thing and and maybe play with some like classical influence in in that way in in my punk songs and i think that's something that like it's fun to explore at the the pace that punk music offers you because it's like so much faster i I mean not than a a lot of classical music is really fast obviously but (laughs) but punk is also really short and so it's kind of a it gives you this roller coaster vibe when you approach this you know maybe a more complicated song form in this, you know, like 30 seconds to a minute kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that's sort of where I try and like meld the two. That's one thing that I've always loved about your songwriting specifically is it's punky and it's cool, but yet like it's not all, there's not always a chorus that repeats or the, the, like there's 20 different parts yet it's still only a minute and a half long, but yet none of them are too long. None of them are too short. Like it's, I love your songwriting is so, out there but yet makes total sense at the same time and i love that that side of it so i, I appreciate that thanks that's uh yeah. definitely what I, I am hoping to achieve is like a little bit of uh you know what the hell is going on but ultimately <laughs> just sort of like 
some some set some satisfaction some, some like, yeah. Sense. yeah so what i want to kind of dive into a little bit now is your recording so you've been in bands for years now you've recorded many many records you've been in the studio a whole lot but until recently you haven't dived as much into self-recording and actually getting behind the technical side of things so what made you decide now after your 15 20 year career of playing music yeah. at this point what made you decide you know what i want to get more into the recording side of it i want to learn how to engineer a little bit mix a little bit produce a little bit like yeah what made you decide to go deeper to be honest i, I knew you were going to ask this question obviously <laughs> and i thought about whether or not i should give this answer because i don't want to disrespect people like you who have worked extremely hard at the mm. craft i didn't decide to get into recording i got into it because I felt like I had to. Okay. But it has turned out to be like the happiest accident of all time. For me, I feel like I was a bit blind and naive to the process, to uh, to the whole thing. And and I wanted to write songs and I wanted to perform and that was all I wanted to do, you know? Yep. And, and that was great and that was fun for a while. But I also felt pretty, you know, ultimately kind of unsatisfied. And, and when... I think living that type of life and going for those kind of goals for that long put me in this headspace where whenever I did go into the studio, I felt really frantic. You know, I felt like this is a place that I don't really understand and I need to be on for some, I, mm -hmm. I need to bring some kind of magic that I don't even fully understand what it is. And so my recordings, I, I would never perform on them how I wanted to perform. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for me, starting to record, was sort of just being like, well, I can't afford any more recording sessions where I'm not ready. Mm. So I want to practice, basically. I wanted to like start doing recording sessions every day just so that when I did get into a recording session, I, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> freeze up. It, it felt up. natural. You were, yeah. you were ready. You were, yeah, yeah exactly. totally. And I'm so grateful I did because like I said, you know, I, I didn't even consider the fact that I would really, really enjoy recording that I would really really fall in love with with the process and and find the whole thing ultimately like so much more fulfilling than just this like writing performing role obviously like I'm really happy about writing and performing and I'm looking forward to sort of being able to pair that with mm -hmm. recording maybe once once uh, performing is more of a thing again but at the end of the day it was uh, born out of necessity but but a really really happy accident i guess i think there's there's definitely a thing and and i see it in a lot of new bands that come into the studio and people who haven't been in the studio a lot is that kind of that red light as soon as the record button's on they get all like oh no this is my this is my moment i have to and if they haven't done it a lot, they, they kind of start to freeze up. And that's exactly when they don't perform their best. They don't do their best take. They get stuck a little bit. And so you kind of felt that. And which is, you know, frankly, amazing because you've been in the studio so much. So it goes to show that even after this many years of being in the studio, being in bands, you still felt, you know what? I could be better at this. I could be more prepared. That's what you decide. You know what? I'm going to get used to hitting that record button. Yeah. And then when I go into the studio... I'm not going to be wasting time by getting all frantic about it. I'm just yeah. going to be, it's, it's natural for me. Exactly. And after, after doing something for so long, like you said, you know, I had been playing music for that long at that point, And it, it really, uh, I noticed that it, it was starting to build up a bit of a wall between mm. me and the studio. You know, I felt a bit of resistance 
towards the studio okay. process even because I was like, ah, I, I don't understand that, but I've been in this so long, so it must not be like it, it must not be for me or something, yeah. you know, and, and I yeah. sort of built up that opinion in my mind, which was ultimately just like wasting my own time. It was just taking me away from from actually developing the recording skills and actually like learning to love it, which I have, I think, and, and which right. I really would recommend everybody try their best to do, you know? <laughs> do, do you think that those years of being in the studio and and being around recording helped you now in your pursuit Um to understand it even deeper? Like, do you find yourself learning something and going, ah, I understand why that engineer did that five years ago or, yeah. or something? Do you, do you feel that? Oh, yeah, so much. And I think, like, the funny thing is I, I've found the learning curve to be pretty... Uh, what's the opposite of steep shallow um not very <laughs> loping you know not okay. very steep um, <laughs> right because of spending so much time around you know great engineers like you um i i've took some classes in high school from another great engineer matt weston who yep. uh he had like a digital audio program going on you know recording stuck out here records with siggy recording ppp yep. records with john drew uh, and steve risen like there's tons of great engineers that i've been able to sort of glean stuff from without even noticing it and and i think the missing ingredient for me all these years was patience so in that way COVID has been a bit of a blessing because i think before i would make recordings and i would sort of briefly try all these things that these great mm. engineers were trying and go oh like why doesn't this work for me this sucks and put the project right. away but if you take some time and actually sit with it and, you know, listen and, and then try some of these things slowly, it really starts to work. And and I, yeah, I don't know. I think this is a thing that a lot of people kind of felt is COVID was kind of a nice little, it got you to think about it and go, well, I can't perform. I can't do this. I might as well actually tackle my fears of recording and jump into it. Because before you'd kind of play with it a little bit, maybe here and there and go, oh, this isn't working. But then you'd go and play a show. So it didn't matter. You could still do what you wanted. Yeah. You did, we weren't forced to do it, so it's fine. And yeah. now you were like, this is my creative outlet. This is all that I have to do. So I might as well dive into it. And if you got frustrated, it was like, okay, I'll continue this tomorrow because I got nothing else to do. Exactly. You know, the, the yeah. shows were feeling so good that mm -hmm. when recording didn't feel good, I could blame that on recording. You know, it wasn't right. my fault. It was recording's fault. Right. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I had shows that were feeling good, so I didn't have to worry about it. But like you said, yeah, now the shows are gone, so you kind of have to make it work with what you got. Do you wish you had kind of started this way sooner, or do you think this was the right time for you to start this? It's tough to say. I definitely, like, have had days where I'm like, oh my god, like, if I had started doing this when I was 14, like, where, like, yeah. I would be so much further along by now. And and I do think that that's true in some ways, but it's also kind of hard to discount the journey. Like, I, I totally got into it now, and I'm really enjoying it now. And, and that's maybe a perspective on it that I wouldn't have had if I had started it earlier, you know, so... Mm. to to be at a point where it came into my life and and was able to take hold I'll I'll take it even if it's not yeah. quite as soon as I maybe wish it was you know Yeah how has this kind of new view of record of of making music I guess how has it helped your overall creativity as an artist as well obviously you've gotten more comfortable with the actual recording itself when you hit record not getting all frenzied about it you're you're learning that side of it but how has it has it helped your songwriting at all? Has it helped your, you know, being able to put down ideas and develop them differently because you put them down and instantly can hear them? And like, has it changed 
that part of things a little bit? Yeah. I, I would say it's changed everything. I mean, okay. first and foremost, like technical capability on on all instruments, really, because like I'm, I'm trying to demo all my songs. And yeah. so it, obviously it's a bit of a combination of learning editing skills and learning... Yep. Uh, the the actual parts on the instrument, uh, yep. which is great. But you realize pretty quickly that the cleaner you can play them on the instrument, the easier it is to edit, right? And, right. Uh, and I was pretty quickly able to hone in on the fact that, like, I am riddled with tension when I play, like, so, so tense. And uh, it, it, it destroys the performance a lot of times. So uh, that's been, that was the first like huge takeaway from recording is like how you're playing the instrument really matters and and you can always be working on that, you know? And it's been fun too, because in that sense, like as well as developing a close relationship with recording, I've been able to kind of get closer with the instruments that I play too. And, and that's been so much fun. Songwriting wise, in some ways it's been really great. And in some ways, yep. it's been a little hard because I'm so eager to record now that sometimes I rush to finish my songs. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and I'll record them and then they're done. And I'm like, oh, damn, like maybe I wish this part were a little different or a little shorter or a little, you know, whatever. And by that point, it's done. So I don't want to go back and re-record it. So, right. you know, but that's like hardly a problem. You know, you still get the right. main idea down overall. And I've told you a little bit about this experiment. Like when I was really, I'm not doing this every day anymore. I wish I were, but uh, just writing a song in the morning and trying to record as much of it as I could throughout the day. Over over the Christmas break, I got a few of those done when I wasn't teaching so much. And and like, that was awesome. Talk, talk about that a little bit, because I think that was a huge, if I'm not mistaken, from what you've told me, a huge help in getting you started and getting you learning and something that by the sounds of it you think anybody any kind of musician who's looking to get into recording should do what was that project for you that was okay so the first reason it was really important for me i think is because it's one of the only times i've done an entirely self-directed musical project that wasn't going to be released and had a great mm. time with it and finished it you know, yeah. uh, a, a big takeaway from my experience learning how to record is that although performing is fun and exciting, there is a certain amount of like quiet alone time that being a musician and being a, a person that creates things has to fall in love with, you know? Yep. And so, uh, so taking on this project of just doing like demos of songs that like I didn't even know if they were good or not. I didn't even know if I mm. liked them. I had just written them that morning, you know. It was great because there's nothing precious about that. I don't mm. have to feel, I don't even have to make them sound good if I don't want to, you know. If I'm feeling <laughs> like kind of lazy that day, I can just like, okay, there's a drum take. That's good enough. I'll remember what to do, you know. Yep. But it also gives me the opportunity to really experiment without uh, without any consequences without any fear of like oh what if people don't like this mix it's like well nobody's gonna hear this mix but it's still a song i've written it's still a song mm -hmm. that's you know like close to me and something that i'm fired up about because i'm just in the process of writing it you know so totally it, that's enough fire to like get you through the day get you through that whole recording process and then when you look back on it oftentimes like you you do have a pretty cool sounding song and like you you do have something that can kind of uh maybe fuel tomorrow's writing and recording session in like a new way. Another reason why from a, a, an engineer's perspective, why I think that works so well too, to help you with not only your songwriting, cause it's obviously a great songwriting tool as well, mm -hmm. but your recording is if you write something, you get, you go down, you record it, you work on it a little bit and then you get sidetracked 
with learning something new, you, you find some barrier that you're like, oh, I don't know how to record the vocal that I'm hearing in my head. Let me try different things. Let me screw around. Oh, I don't know how to use this plugin. Let me look into this more. You can go down paths very easily, but what happens is sometimes that will detract from the actual creativity. And right. when you're doing a different song every day, it's easier to kind of do a reset and go, okay, I've learned this. Now I'll apply it next time because I'm totally lost on this idea. I don't, whatever. Yeah. But it's got no pressure to continue. Did, is that how you felt doing it as well? That's huge. And that's something I didn't really think about either. But the fact that you're doing a new one every day, the the you're moving on, you know, you, you don't have time mm. to dwell on these like, oh, because you know this so well, I'm sure at this point, and I'm just beginning to discover it. Like, it doesn't seem like there's any end to a mix until you choose it to be. You could really be like messing around with it forever, you know? Yep. The fact that this sort of makes you practice like mixing on a timeline too and like getting mm. getting your stuff recorded and and like sounding as good as possible by the end of the day is uh yep. definitely helpful and i mean I, i'm not somebody that's like working in the field or even close at this point but uh it is something that i want to get better at obviously is like getting my workflow up to speed and and uh like you said you don't dwell on things you you can kind of just yep. do them and let them go i think that that's a huge thing for not only new musicians or new people in recording but also experienced engineers at a certain point you have to call it done because yeah. you're changing it but is it actually for the better or like yeah. you're, you're not at a certain point, you're kind of changing it and it's different, but is it better? And I really like that, that you have that experience of doing a new one every day because you're learning how to, you, you want to make it sound as good as possible within one day. In this case, you're giving yourself an arbitrary deadline that really doesn't matter, but at the same time it does because it's your project. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to learn to get get faster at certain things because if you want it to sound that little bit better, you're going to learn to do this a little bit faster. Exactly. And every day you're building on that and you've learned a little bit more this day, so you're going to apply that tomorrow. I mean, there's always there's always that saying in, in business and everything, 1% a day. If you just yeah. do 1% or one little thing a little bit differently or a little bit faster, it adds up over time. And especially when you're doing a song a day, I'm sure you're learning more than one thing. So oh, yeah. you add five things every day. You're you're in a whole new ball game by the yeah. end of two weeks. Oh yeah, and and I mean something to kind of pair with that too. Just because it's really been important to like my whole uh, experience learning to record myself is is um, the fact that you're burning through a new one every day really helps when paired with learning from YouTube. And like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. like I've been lucky. Uh, in that, like, I have a really great network of friends of whom I can pick the brains of who are really, really great at recording, like yourself. But often the complaint I hear from people who are trying to learn a skill off YouTube is like, oh, there are so many videos and, like, you don't know which ones are good. So when you're doing a song a day, it doesn't matter. You can try all of them, you know? <laughs> true, and And true. then you find out and you aren't hurt if... Maybe it isn't what you wanted one day yep. because you're going to try a different one the next day. And yep. uh, you, pretty quickly, you can get to the bottom of like what works and what doesn't because you're just trying as many as you can. And, and it's also very, uh, I think, a, a thing that a lot of people don't think about but really need to is that there's a million different people on YouTube teaching you. There's a million different courses. There's a million different options. They're not all right. And they're also not all wrong, though. Yeah. It's whatever works for you. You might find somebody that does a technique that you agree with there might you might find somebody that does a technique you don't agree with and that's 
totally fine and you kind of take the bits and pieces that you like and not the other pieces that's the beautiful thing about recording and creating how do you feel about it and you use what feels best to you yeah Um, you uh you really like point at something that i've been thinking about a lot and like obviously there's there's so much artistry in songwriting but i've really sort of been thinking about like you know the actual like producing a a song like that's when you get the finished painting you know what i mean when when i'm bashing it out on my guitar it's still just a color it's still just like a concept um and and the fact that you were able to like paint your painting and then hear my suggestions of like what i thought this tree for example yeah. should look like and and give it a bit of a different uh subtlety or different like uh i don't know uh, bombasticness in some areas too and like it, it's totally. uh, it, it, uh, yeah it's just different it's nice to be able to like develop style in that sense to sort of figure out like what is satisfying to me in like a in a recording in a finished yep piece of music that i listen to you know it's not something i had thought about that much before have have you found that through this you've learned more about your own style uh because of that exact thing because sometimes you don't realize it until you're presented with something and you go yeah that's not me have you have you found that happening a lot i think so i think i'm starting to get there uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of like my rec- a lot of my recording at this point is still pretty much just like please 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 let this sound good you know um, <laughs> totally. I, I'm not so much like experimenting with uh, with style or anything because I just don't know how you know I, mm. I don't really know how to do exactly what I want to hear just yet but yep. I am noticing that like it's getting wider every day my my sort right. of like I can hear a song and sometimes like now I'll be like okay like I hear something new in there now I know what they're doing and I either yeah like it or maybe don't but uh yep. it's it's a, a tool you're getting to the point where you can actually try stuff I guess yeah. that you see that you're like that sounds really good I'm gonna try that obviously when you're first starting it's more of like the technical how do I hit record how do yeah. I save this how do I make it not clip um but then you know obviously you've been doing this for a little bit a little while now and you're getting to that point where you're like oh I really like the effects that they have let me see if i can figure that out and and what you like out of that and like i honestly cannot recommend recording enough if just for that reason if just for that like sense of control over your Mm -hmm. own musical life and it doesn't mean that that you have to record you know and and like i'm I'm definitely looking forward to taking on some recording projects in the future. Am I going to like really pursue it as a, you know, as a career? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact that I now sort of have the knowledge to, to collaborate with people that record as opposed to like feeling a bit more like I'm putting my project in someone else's hands, which is like, which, which is like nice, obviously, because I've trusted everybody that I record with. And so like, I, I don't feel bad about like putting my project in their hands. But but there is a sense of like, I don't know what's going to come out the other end. And and that always totally. freaked me out because I'm a bit of a control freak. So like, right, just being able to, to hold the keys, just being able to like know what you're hearing mm-hmm. and know how to communicate to somebody that you trust, like, all right, I want this a little different or like, yeah, do a little bit more of this or, you know, yep. all, all those things just like skyrocket once you start recording yourself. So like, even totally. just for that reason, I think it's really worth it. So um, 
I want to p- pivot a little bit. Talk about when you started. You used to use, I'm, uh, I think you used GarageBand at first. What have you kind of, you've dived into this a little bit more. What are you using now, like technically? So I have a, a very basic setup that is augmented by, again, I am the luckiest person in the world sometimes it feels like uh my roommates are really great Mm. musicians and really great at recording and have a bunch of gear in the house as well that i've been able to kind of poach and use every now and then as as i go along so my setup that i have up here in my room is uh i've got this apex 435 uh which is an old mic. I, I won it in a battle of the bands with Tonight the Thread, actually, in high school. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. We, we all got a, a Yamaha recording system. We got some, uh, some monitors, a board, and this microphone. Still have all of them. The, uh, the monitors actually pick up a lot of electronic noise, so I don't use them anymore. Um, <laughs> but, yep. you know, and I don't use the interface anymore because I got one of those uh, Scarlett, the Focusrite Scarlett uh, 2 input um, interfaces. That's what I'm yep. running through now. That's sort of what I usually use for, you know, tracking guitars, tracking bass and vocals and things like that. The other really important part that to to my setup, I guess, that really has helped me a lot, I have to really shout out Ian Cully because he is the one responsible for setting up the basement in my house, which, like I said, is sort of like full to the brim with Ian and Khan's recording gear. And yep. we have a drum set like set up down there that's pretty much permanently mic'd up, an interface down there as well, and a desktop computer. So basically, mm. like I just like do my scratch tracks up here, boop, pop it on my hard drive, run it downstairs, plug it into the computer, turn on. Uh, I don't know if I even mentioned I'm using Logic like on the computer. So we have Logic on my laptop and downstairs. And uh, yeah, so I'll just kind of do my drums in the basement and then everything else kind of up here on the focus, right? So it's uh, great. It works really well for me at this point anyway. What made you choose Logic? Was it a easy thing? Was it why choose Logic? It, honestly, like it's sort of an accident. Again, like I, I seem to stumble into things in this recording <laughs> world anyway. Um, yeah. But I, my old computer sort of bit the dust. And so I was mm. getting a new laptop. It had been 10 years or whatever. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll treat myself to a new laptop. And I went to get the, the new MacBook Pro. And there was a bundle that came with it. For 200 extra bucks, you get Logic, Final Cut, uh, <laughs> I forget, with three other programs, but Logic and Final Cut were the two that really sparked my interest. Um, yeah. Especially for for the price, it seemed like a pretty good deal. So I went for it, and obviously, like I like you said, I've been using GarageBand a lot just because it was free, and I was a Mac user, so it was always sort of there. And uh, Logic is a very, very smooth transition from GarageBand. It's, uh, sometimes I open GarageBand now, and I sort of go like, oh, like, where is everything? And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is not <laughs> logic. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so it was nice to be able to to work with logic in that sense. Everything was really easy. So um, what's the next thing with your learning that you're working on next with this whole journey that you're on? What's the what's the <laughs> next thing that you're you're pursuing at the moment? It's a good question. I think <laughs> I just thought of like the cheesiest possible answer ever, but it, it is true. Honestly, I'm just looking at today and maybe tomorrow at the moment. Yep. That does sort of include a lot. Like at, at the moment, mm. what that has on my plate is just like demoing for the bands I'm in. Uh, Pew yep. Pew's just like doing a lot of writing, a lot of demoing, and, and we've been sort of recording them just by bouncing parts 
across the internet through email, and then I've been kind of mixing up some some demos. Uh, so yep. that's been great practice, especially like great practice for mixing things that I'm not totally in control of, like who's recording it and how they're recording it. Yeah. Also, yeah, like sort of whenever I have some some downtime and I'm still feeling like the the urge to create, that's when I'll try and break into like writing one of my own songs and recording it. Um, I've been uh, getting into, is the word top lining where you like get a song and you write the the vocals over it? Totally. Okay. So a, fr- a friend of mine uh, sent me a bunch of demos that I've been like trying to record vocals over. And that's been a cool process because like I'm, I'm trying mm. to get as deep into like learning about vocal producing specifically, which like I, you know, totally. Yeah. It, it's nice to have like a very specific focus like that in terms of like, how do I record this and, and make it sound good to somebody who already is attached to these songs too. So, uh, yeah. so those three things are sort of what's on my plate for the foreseeable future. And obviously, yeah, like demoing with, with other bands too, um, recording with, uh, recording covers with the people in the house, recording covers with, uh, uh, perhaps with yours truly. I don't know if I'm allowed yep. to say that yet, but, uh, yep. Yep. all right, cool. You are, um, you are. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's a little bit of a cheesy answer, but when I say I'm just kind of focusing on today and tomorrow, I think like recording myself has really kind of given me the opportunity to do that. I don't really even need to leave my house to to find excuses to to make something if I'm feeling bored. And I have done this over over the past couple months. I'll just, you know, reach out to a friend and be like, hey, write a song and send it to me and I'll add some parts to it. Or, uh, yeah. you know, let's, uh, if you have some lyrics or if you have a chord progression, like I, I'm, I'm a lot more eager to collaborate than I have been in a long time, I think, and, and a lot more uh, confident in what I can bring to the table in a collaboration. Right. That's very interesting to me that you feel more confident in your ability and everything to co- to collaborate even yeah. just because you can record it and you, I mean, you're learning, but you're at the same time, you're like, I can do this. I'm at a point where you totally can, can deliver. You want those kind of projects and being able to collaborate simply because you've dived into the actual recording side of things as well. And that, I think that's amazing. You know, I do too. And that's probably the, uh, like I said, that's the biggest reason I'm so excited about it is just like the, yeah. the, the confidence it's given me to do the things that I was already doing to record something before, even if like a friend of mine reached out and was like, Hey, do you want to sing on this track? I would obviously say yes and be excited about it, but I would be so worried the whole time I was doing mm-hmm. it. I would just worry that like, Oh, what if this sounds like crap to them? What if this like, isn't what they want? And yep. it just alleviates a lot of those worries right out of the gate. This is something that that kind of makes me think of. And I want to see if, if you agree and your thoughts on this, but Great. nowadays, like, like you said, it alleviates stress and yeah. it kind of alleviates that, that worry because you can actually now deliver and you can you can say yes to a project and okay if it's got a budget and there's a studio and we go somewhere great i can do that i've always had ability in my vocal skills or my guitar skills or whatever you're doing for the project right but now you can say yes and then kind of go okay am i recording it myself am i doing it at home is there a budget to go to a, a studio is there like you can absolutely say yes and in today's uh, musical climate in today's music industry in everything. There's a lot more home recording going on, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot more people doing projects that don't have budgets or that you can now provide that as a service or as a, an addition to the project. Even I'm not saying 
you know, you're, you're, you're wanting to be like the engineer, but you can now provide to this, which helps with budgeting, helps yeah. with the project overall, helps with just being able to create no matter what, because you can provide that, you can help that and you feel confident in that. Do you feel the same way? Do you think that that is like, this is the future of the music industry? Like I love big studios, but nobody there's far less budget for, for that nowadays yeah do you feel that this is the future or play, playing a big role in it uh, definitely playing a big role and and i think like okay so so like part of the frustration i think that initially and i i say it so bitterly but like i i did kind of feel like forced to pick up recording in a way because i you know i i looked at the next 10 years ahead of me and i was like i'm i'm priced out you know, there's yep. no way I'm going to be able to sustainably have a music career unless I do this. That being said, I've also really been able to think a lot about the fact that there is room in the world for a lot of different types of projects. And I do want to be an engineer of sorts. You know, I do definitely mm -hmm. want to engineer and produce records. And I think it would be really fun. And I think like even now... I could probably do a pretty great like first demo for a band. And right. that's awesome. And there are going to be times in my musical career too when I do want to go to a big studio and I do want to like spend the money and hire someone like you who is a professional and uh you know who can make the mm -hmm. the album of my dreams. And there's uh, that's awesome. You know, it's awesome that both things are so important and integral. And and I think that's like that's the way it's got to go. Pe people just maybe it maybe if people are just more aware of what they can do on their own and and more aware of like when that is useful and when the big studio is useful too. That's my hope for the future anyway is that both will sort of develop this yep. like seamless uh symbiotic relationship, you know? I think that them coexisting is important and we're seeing that more and more and more because obviously with more people able to record more people able to put out music now like putting out music has never been more accessible with streaming as much as we it's a love-hate relationship um but more and more people can get their music out there more and more people can get it heard more and more people can actually do that and create some kind of a fan base and put their creativity out there. And it's uh, yeah. it's so important. It's so great yeah. that it's a possibility because, again, like, ma making the recording process personal is maybe the, the big takeaway from all this. You know, it, it doesn't have to yep. be that you're, like, sending your babies away when you, like, take them in to record mm -hmm. your record or whatever. You can, like, get to know how, how you know, you can get to know which parts of recording work for you which parts of recording don't work for it's we've said yep. this all before at this point but i i'm really like yeah i'm really feeling it i think that this sort of balance between like big studio and and you yourself is is great yep. is necessary and i think you know to to kind of summarize that whole thing you find what works for you if that's recording yourself if you love mixing if you love engineering if you love whatever the aspect of it is that you love you can do that and then you can hire people to do other parts of it. You don't have to spend all your money on doing on getting somebody to do everything. You can kind of go, okay, I'm going to learn how to record and then I'm going to hire somebody to mix it. I think of, um, of like Billie Eilish is a great example of this. They recorded mm -hmm. all of it at home 
And I this is the that, thing yeah. they don't talk about, but they had a professional mixer mix it. Right. And they sent it off. The guy's got a beautiful studio. He's a great mixer. They sent it off and got it mixed by him to just give it that extra little sheen. Obviously, right. Billie Eilish and Phineas are, are fantastic at what they do now, but mm-hmm. it just goes to show you can record it at home and yet still get other people to collaborate with on that side of things. I think that that's also a beautiful thing that can happen, can happen now. Oh, really. yeah. A hundred percent. And and what a what an interesting way to like translate a vibe like to to yep. take like a a moody sort of introspective pot thing like Billie Eilish and and make it the biggest record on the planet like you know you can do that you can make a bedroom pop yep. do me thing have like pop sensibility have like a pop sound and like that's totally. incredible. What a what a great collaboration. What a great example of that. One thing that I I wanted to just pivot a little bit and talk about. You recently got into doing a bit of production as well uh, on our yeah. good friend Malcolm Cottle's upcoming record. And Malcolm and I talked about the record, so I know that we're allowed to kind of talk about it a little bit. Great. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. He showed me the artwork the other day, and I am so excited for that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That just, like, added a whole new level to it. It looks incredible, yeah. I wanted to know what your thoughts were and what your experience was, because you producing this record, that was kind of a, a first for you, and it also collided with you learning how to record and you getting better at dealing with files and getting into recording and learning what's possible and you know, that whole side of thing while still being creative from the producer side of thing and the songwriting and that stuff. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about your experience with that and your thoughts on uh, how that was. So the majority for me was, you know, creative songwriting as far as production on that record went. Just to, you know, lay it out right off the bat, I would say that like most of the actual demoing and recording and things like that, that's that's Malcolm. You know, I, I did record some vocal mm. tracks and things like that, but but because I was starting to get into recording at that point in time, it was really awesome to be working that closely on a project that I wasn't, you know, like I said, I was involved with the songwriting, but I wasn't writing the songs. Uh, mm-hmm. I sort of was just in this position where I picked at them. Like we, we were just, uh, I mean, Malcolm started sending me demos in, I want to say February of last year, maybe March and would sort of send me an updated demo. Like every week or two weeks, we would have like a Skype call every week or two weeks and just, and pick at them. Essentially, I would just listen to them and make notes. And, uh, so in that sense, it was great because even though I wasn't mixing it myself, I was so like closely acquainted with the mixes of them that I could really hear what Malcolm was was doing and and I could definitely kind of hear what you know when I would make a suggestion what kind of techniques he would use to implement that because he would run them by me and uh, you know I most of the time would be like yep. yeah like I don't know but uh, sure and then if it worked I would be like okay cool so that's what you use mm. to to make this effect work and uh yeah so yeah it was great and and I mean I really feel very grateful to Malcolm for trusting me with that project because I know it's like super close to him. He's been working very hard on, on those Mm -hmm. songs. And, uh, it was awesome to separate some of the roles of the, the producer from just the engineering stuff. 
and yep. learn just sort of what else you know if if you want to be an engineering producer like what what other things might you have to do on top of engineering i sort of got to do mm-hmm. like just that for this project right. you know and and so in that sense i think because i wasn't engineering it i did sort of go looking for for work in a lot of ways like i really doubled down on like songwriting and and structure and and trying to like make a thing happen i guess and and the conceptual yep. kind of side of it and and so that was really great to learn from this process yep. too it was nice to just sort of have again the technical like engineering side of things but sort of in that removed way where i could just like see it happening and learn from that and then yep. like try and get myself really immersed in like the creative uh, other side of things and and learn how they can both work together i guess and i got to say it turned out amazingly i mixed the record and uh, it was just so fun to mix. Yeah. It tur- turned out amazing. I mean, Malcolm did a great job. You did a great job. I think I'm well, you did really a great excited job. for that to come up. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Those you. Those mixes were, yeah, I remember hearing them the first time and, and I was like, Malcolm, like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really have much to say about these. These are great. And uh, yeah. they just got better. I, I think we did maybe a couple revisions, but the th- I yeah, remember hearing much, like but... the final mixes, it was like, yeah, I've got nothing. And Malcolm yep. actually sent me the message first. He was like, I don't want to tarnish your view of these or anything, but like, I don't have any notes. I'm pretty stoked. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. It was uh, really fulfilling, you know, especially after yeah. working on those songs for so long to to hear like such a great mix of them. So did the getting the mix back and uh, kind of what we were just talking about with, you know, getting somebody else to mix it if you've recorded it yourself. Did getting those mixes back and and I know you didn't you know necessarily engineer the whole thing but producing right. it being involved did that kind of open your eyes to possibilities did it make you think differently did it kind of go oh that's what it ended up being those you know those doubles ah I see how they were used or yeah. things like that did it did it help oh definitely there there are certainly moments where you just your your mind gets blown by a part that you've heard a million times just because of like how it's placed oh yeah it becomes so much more apparent like what everything is for when you track everything so specifically because that's the thing is is you asked for we we picked your brain and got sort of exactly what you wanted so we, we sort of had a long time to think about okay we 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 are recording all of these specific things and you know Without really, I guess it was kind of subconscious, but I guess we, you do sort of develop these questions of like, why do we, what is this for? What do we need all these things for? Yeah. And and so being able to actually hear that was definitely very gratifying and very illuminating. Yeah. It, uh, it was yeah. helpful to kind of know like, all right, four layers in the chorus, for example, like why? But then when you hear them all, it's like, all right, this makes a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> I see why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Has that helped now with your own recording going, oh, I'm I'm going to try that myself and layer four times on the course or whatever because you know what it can do? Oh, definitely. The big reveal of that recording session was was probably about vocals for me because, oh, okay. as you know, we, we contributed a lot of vocals from a lot of different sources. And yep. uh, so sort of the way all those vocals were... were layered and and processed and edited too i i should uh i should mention the watching yep uh, like you did a lot of editing on the vocals too i'm sure and and i got to watch yep. malcolm do a bit uh just before sending it to you and like that was something i had never done before yeah lining up even just your starts and ends of phrases and of particular words and things like that like that 
changed my mixes a lot. That helped right. me a lot, you know? So yeah, it, it all, it was such a helpful process to to be and you know to to have malcolm who is great at mixing you who have been doing it like your whole life you're a professional it was it, it was amazing to be sort of at the you know in, in the process with you two and like getting both of your takes on the whole thing so yeah one more thing that i just want to uh to end off here on is sure. for anybody who's kind of in the same position as you are slash were what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about getting into recording or is starting to get into recording that really helped you. What's the biggest thing for somebody to get started that you think you wish you would have known from the beginning going, that's what I need to be doing sooner than later? That is a tough, that is a tough question. And I think I'm going to maybe answer it in a way that's sort of specific to people who think the same way as me, which maybe won't be helpful helpful for everybody, but hopefully like somebody mm. can get something out of this. Because the barrier yeah. for me for a long time was uh, this need to be doing it properly. I've always thought of myself as a bit of a perfectionist, and it really works against me most of the time because I, you know, for example, want to record a song, and I go and record my song, and it doesn't sound like it should on the radio, so then I go, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. You know? You have to follow your feelings in a certain sense. Like if you feel like recording a song, record a song and don't worry about the result. That would be like the advice that I would try and really get everybody to. And and that's such a common piece of advice too, is, you know, enjoy the journey. Don't think about the end result or whatever, mm -hmm. but it really, really was what actually got me started was like finally just being like, okay, like there is no, I literally had to have the end result disappear. Like, you know, COVID came along and I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. I can't put out any records. I can't play any shows. So like, I, you know, but I guess it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that it took that drastic of a, a shift in my life for me to stop worrying about the end result and start just enjoying the journey. But if I can encourage you to just like, you know, like you said, you don't have to accomplish it all in one day. If you wake up one morning and you feel like you want to try recording a song and you get half of it done, awesome. You ditch it and never do it again, awesome. You'll be better prepared the next time. You know, and, and yep. I, yeah, this is sort of a long-winded way of saying, I guess, a combination of two things, like don't be hard on yourself and just try and enjoy the trying. Yeah, absolutely. I think to add to that and highlight something that you just said is it never ends. It's, yeah. it is the, the whole process, the whole thing is the journey. There's never a, I'm done. I've learned everything there is to learn about recording or songwriting or production or any part of it. There's never a finished thing. I've worked with so many engineers who have been doing this for years. And one of my biggest mentors, you know, when, when he was mentoring me, he'd been doing it for 40 years. He's worked on some of the best, biggest records with some of the most well-known artists in the world. And he would still be coming to me going, what did, what did you try last week on your other session? Like, well, what did you, what did you try doing? Because it never ends. It literally never yeah. ends. You're always learning, always growing. Don't get intimidated by that. You have to start. You just have yeah. to start and find a project that has little pressure, but just a little bit of pressure to, to actually make you do it and do it. <laughs> yeah, frankly. And and that was what got me started. I mean, I sent you a, a cover, the first mix that I did yeah. that was maybe going to get released. And like, you know, it was just my band doing a cover song, but like, we're going to put it out if it sounds good enough. And uh, 
that's the kind of thing. It doesn't have to be something you're super attached to, but just start, just start mixing, you know, start yep. trying stuff. Until you start, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. you got to start to then ask the right questions. And and uh, honestly, if I've learned anything else, I guess I've learned a lot of things in this <laughs> quarantine, but <laughs> yeah. your brain feels really good when you use it. You know, I, I think like I was, I was looking for this sort of, <laughs> self-satisfaction yep. of like having accomplished m all my performing goals or whatever and and uh, you know all of accomplishing performing goals does feel good but i don't think it feels quite as good as just using your brain every day i think that's a great place to end the podcast that's great advice you've learned a lot you've come a long yeah. way i'm very i'm very impressed i love following along the journey with well, you thanks being here to answer questions for you <laughs> as it's, well it's, been a lot of fun. It's been a fun journey and it's been great to, I mean, to have you along on it to be able to to pick the brain of and, you know, yeah, it's it's been great. Before we part ways, is there anything that you have coming up? Any new releases? Anything that uh, you want to shout out or where can people find you and ah. follow along with what's what's coming out <laughs> yeah well okay um this is <laughs> gonna be the crappiest promo in the world because i'm <laughs> kind of like taking a bit of a social media break right now i'm like not not on the apps not really i got them off my phone but whenever i start feeling a bit more like a real human again uh i'm planning to release an ep because i've been sitting on yep. that for a while uh so i want to sort of use this time to like get together a, a live stream show plan uh mm, so yeah. within the next couple of months i would say uh if you look at emmett o'reilly 138 on instagram i'm probably gonna just like announce uh that ep it'll be cool. on Bandcamp. it'll be like streaming uh on on streaming places but but yeah that's Within uh, a couple of months, I would say, probably like around around late spring, summertime, I'm I'm hoping to put that out. But uh, <laughs> Pew Pew is going to be maybe putting out some music at some point soon. Cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, Sons of Horus is the, is the other big thing. You know, yep. I produced or co-produced and like uh, did some of the vocals on working on a bit of a video for it right now. So that's really exciting. Uh, that I also don't know if it has an official release date yet. So all of these things are just like vaguely spring and summer. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they're all in the works. They're all coming soon. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is keep yeah. your eyes open because I don't really know where and I don't really know when, but pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will, uh, yeah, I'll be linking any of that stuff as it comes. It'll be all in the show notes for the podcast. So go check that out. You can check that out at anacreates.ca slash podcast and just find this episode. But thank you very much, Mr. Emmett, for coming on the podcast. It's been great to chat with you. And uh, I look forward to seeing where your journey takes you next. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome to, to chat with you as always and awesome to like talk about the stuff that I'm really passionate about. So yeah. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank you.